0: On today's episode of the Discipline Dgens podcast, Maddie Betts and Gino Donati bring on fantasy football expert Max of fantasy footballers to take a look at some player props and fantasy football strategy for week four in the NFL. Then they dive into usual factor cap, dog of the week, survivor picks, and which teams to buy low on in week four. And finally,
1: they wrap up with primetime games for the week. So make sure you like, subscribe, and enjoy.
0: All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Discipline the Gens podcast. I'm your host, Matty Betts. I'm here with the biggest gen I know, Gino Donati, aka Bet Openly. And what an incredible week three of football.
2: What surprised you the most about this this past week? What surprised me the most? That people didn't think Green Bay was better than Tampa Bay.
0: I'm not going to lie. I don't know if that win that you had was more impressive than the Ravens one because you predicted the Ravens correctly, even though it was a square public play. And then you predicted Green Bay, which was a very tight game. I didn't know if Green Bay's offense was going to be able to do enough against Tampa, but they had enough success early that then they were able to kind of hold off Tampa Bay there. And Tampa Bay was just decimated, man. (laughs) Absolutely decimated on the offensive side of the ball.
2: I'm actually mad it was that close. I wanted it to be 21-3 in the first half.
0: Bro, I was driving. Right at all. I was driving back from uh, from the game, from the Miami Dolphins game, and so I wasn't watching the game live. And I saw that the Bucks were down fourteen six. And I looked at the ESPN numbers. It said we had a ninety, I want to say a ninety five point one percent chance of winning the game. So I'm like, all right, we have a ninety five percent chance, but this is Tom Brady we're talking about, and he has four downs to go go the length of the field and then go for two. And I texted you. I was like, bro. They're going to score, and they're not going to get the two-point conversion. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen for some reason. They started driving. Next thing you know, it's 85% chance, then 78%. <laughs> and then next thing you know, they're like in the red zone. I don't know how. They have no weapons, and then they score. And I'm like, all right, well, they still got to get the two-point conversion. And even if they get the two-point conversion, the, the Packers can still win this game with well, a yeah, field goal yeah. or you know, an overtime win. But that was an impressive win. So we, we had a hell of a week. We you had especially.
2: a week. We had a week, dude. You know, especially. It was a good time
0: the craziest thing i wanted to say is the dolphins game so i was there live and i'm even higher on the bills than i was going into that game even with the bills losing just seeing josh allen in person like and seeing the the fans like seeing the dolphins fans the way they reacted to every play it was like the def- it was like morally defeated trying to stop josh allen like i still to this game to this day If you look at the box score, it makes no sense how the Bills Bills lost that game. They dominated in every category. They had like twice as many yards. I mean, it was unbelievable. And just seeing every single possession for the Bills is like morally defeating for for any defense going up against Josh Allen. Like the dude does not have any weaknesses. I can't think of a single weakness that he has. So I'm even higher on the Bills now. I actually think it's one of those losses where it's not a bad loss for them. I know it's a division loss. But I think that this is – they'll look back later in the season and be like, this is a loss that, like, propelled them. And, 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 con- and I think they're just going to build upon it. So I was very, very impressed with with the Bills overall. I still believe that they're going to represent the AFC. Um, and, and, and I just think overall they're the best team in football. Bold. You, who do you think – is who's, who's better right now?
2: It's not about who's better. I just – I feel like the championship teams find a way to win games they find a way to win games they shouldn't win. This is a game the Bills should not have lost. Well, I don't know, like, the stats, we we want to open up that little window? Yeah. The no. stats are actually absurd. Like, without, without pouring salt on the loss for all the Bills fans, if you look at this stat sheet and you couldn't see the score, you would guess that the final score was like 35-17. Here, I'm pulling that, them that's up, That's how bro. crazy different the stat sheet was. I so, mean,
0: let, let me read these to you. It's, yeah, yeah. It's... Like I said, so we have Josh Allen had 400 yards passing, 42 of 63, 42 of 63, 400 yards, 6.3 yards yards per attempt, two touchdowns, zero picks. Two on the other hand had 186 yards, not even half the the amount of yards. Um, And then we look at you know rushing yards. Miami had 41 rushing yards. It was crazy. 41 rushing yards. The Bills had 115. I mean, the fumbles were, you know, the, the Bills lost the fumble. That was the, probably the key part of the game with the Dolphins scoring early in the game because of it. Um, but just overall, I mean, the, the Bills dominated that game. So, you know, we, I just think it's good.
2: No, no, just to add a, a piece to it, the ones that stand out to me the most are total plays. Bills are at 90, Miami's at 39. That's controlling the game. Going uh, deep, deeper than that, I think you mentioned Miami's rushing yards. Miami had like, what is it, 41 rushing yards. Like, come on. When you read stats like that, it's just utterly absurd that they didn't not only win the game, but control it. So, yeah. again, not here to pour salt on the wound. I see what Maddie's saying. Maddie watched Buffalo dominate a game and lose it. I'm just playing contrarian that the teams that I see that win Super Bowls actually find a way to win games that they didn't dominate.
0: Right. But you can't but no team goes <laughs> undefeated anymore. I'm not saying bro, undefeated. let me ask you a serious question. What is this point spread in Buffalo later in the season? Right now, I'm we'll gonna put you on the spot. What how big of a favorite will they be in Buffalo? Because I'm telling you right now nine and a half. Oh I didn't think it would be that high. I, I thought it would be in the seven to eight range.
2: It'll be nine and a half. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see.
0: But what uh-huh. I will tell you is I think Buffalo will route them in Buffalo and get their revenge. That's my prediction. So moving on from that game, what'd you do to my itinerary, bro? <laughs> um, another, another uh, good point here. Um, actually, I'll, I'll leave this part. Uh, sure. We have a special guest coming on in just a few minutes. So I'm going to bring on Max, Max FFAZ uh, from TikTok. He's got a huge following, fantasy football expert, player prop expert. So I'm going to bring him on in a couple of minutes. I'll save that for then. But is there anything else you want to go over on here?
2: Uh, just, I, I love to see it and I will we'll get into it later, but I'm seeing more and more true lines and I'm going to cover that and I'll explain to people what that means. Cause people lose their minds when you make bold statements and, but it's the funny part is they lost their mind when I made a very simple one. So we'll
0: save that for later. Cause we'll, we'll you know, Gina will that. talk for, for an hour on that we'll topic. Co- we'll if cover start all now. of that. Last thing I wanted to say, my, my biggest, my worst prediction preseason was I was high on the Raiders. I was high on the Colts, too, but they're now 1-1-1, so I'm not abandoning the ship yet. But I was high on the, on the Raiders. They're now 0-3. They're now 11-1 to win the AFC West. Do you believe they have any chance to make a run here?
2: I think the Raiders are done. That divi- I mean, although we had – people are questioning the strength of the AFC West now. That's a hard division to come back from, and the Raiders are now sitting dead last. They lost some games they should have won. They blew some leads that they had at home. I, I, I don't see it boldly. I, I love that my you, you said Raiders and I was Ravens, mm-hmm. so I'm 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 riding high. I actually feel really good about these Ravens. I, I think they are who we thought they'd be.
0: Yeah, the Ravens are are dangerous. Uh, we're gonna brain on our guest, Max FFAZ, fantasy football expert.
3: How's it ben going, guys?
0: Following the guy that I text when I have a question on fantasy football. I'm running four leagues right now, so he'll tell you I text him on the time all the time. Max, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Absolutely. So let's dive right into it, bro. I'm gonna get you a few warm up questions here. We want to hear from you, some of the best fantasy football players this week, or player prop, uh, or, or or player prop players for this week as well. Anything you got for us?
3: Yeah, yeah I got some player props for you guys. Um, first is T. Higgins over 64 and a half receiving yards. What we've seen from T Higgins is even through having basically CTE in week three, that he's still like a dominant player. He, Joe Burrow throws some 45 jump balls a game. He's getting targeted just as much as Jamar Chase. He's used just as much as Jamar Chase. It's it's interesting to see that like Jamar Chase is a much more talented, much better receiver, but they're used almost at a similar usage in their offense. So um, I'm for sure taking... T. Higgins over 64 and a half uh, against the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football, especially when Xavier Howard's going to be on Jamar Chase. We saw Jamar Chase get clamped by Sauce Gardner. So it's possible to shut this guy down. We've seen that with some of the best receivers in football recently. Justin Jefferson against Jeff Okuda, Jamar Chase against Sauce Gardner. Like you can actually shut these guys down. We thought that you couldn't last year and the year before, but now we've realized we can, and teams are going to adapt to that and learn how to do that. So I think that T. Higgins will have a big week. That's my first one. Um, also, Bengals at, Bengals at home too. So I mean, the Miami Dolphins had a fluke win last week. I heard you guys talking about that before I came on, but fluke yeah. win, like they were they, the yardage was what 495 total yards to 213, it was some, some, something like that. Yeah. Like yeah,
0: the, yeah. So the Dolphins gave up 400 yards through the air and 115 yeah. through the on the ground. Yeah, and to just add on another reason that I like what you just said with that that over, you're now talking about a Dolphins team that was just in a physical division division game know? at home, now traveling to Cincinnati on yeah. a short week on a Thursday. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I really like that play. Give us give us a couple more.
3: Yeah. So another one I got, you'll like this, Matt, is AJ Brown's over receiving <laughs> yards. It's 75 and a half right now, from what I'm seeing, could be lower or higher or somewhere else. But um, yeah, he's averaging 103 receiving yards a game. Jalen Hurts is cooking shit up in Philly. Just airing the ball out 24 7. He threw for what, 300 plus passing yards last week? Like I never would have seen that coming from Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So um yeah, you got a you got a victory lap that MVP post you made a couple months back about him at like plus twenty thousand odds or whatever it was. Cause so that's that's kind of ridiculous. Bro, but yeah, ridiculous. I appreciate
0: you saying that because I have been gloating a little bit, maybe a little bit too much the last week or two. But <laughs> for as much heat as I've gotten in the offseason, like I, I'm enjoying a victory lap. You know, it's only week it's good, you know, we're only a third or fourth of the way through the season. But at the end of the day, like Jalen Hurts is the real deal, bro. Them Tuscaloosa boys in general. We got Tua yeah, and Jalen. I know Mac Jones is, is uh, a little inconsistent, and banged up right yeah. now. But I think all three of them are going to have great careers. Truthfully, I no, do yeah. worry about Tua's durability. Honestly, yeah. like, I think the talents there, the leaderships there, all the intangibles are there. But like, I just worry about his durability in the NFL over the course of a uh, of a career.
3: Yeah, I also like somewhat worry for Jalen Hurts and his durability too. Like Jalen Hurts, Lamar, Josh Allen, all of them. Like those those rushing quarterbacks man it's like it's, it's scary because they're taking hits they don't have to take and because they want to get the first down they want to make the play and they're so talented that they don't care what their body is being put on the line like in that moment yeah. so it's but scary what I for will those say,
0: guys. not to continue to be a fanboy of jalen hurts but what i will say is you just feel safer the way he rushes like he's yeah he's such a strong pound for pound individual and he's like smart in the way that he runs like you don't feel like he's gonna take a hit that puts him out like you almost feel like he's gonna Not necessarily run people over, but he's going to, I mean, even in the goal line this past week, uh, was it this week or last week, he had those carries where he gets hit in the two yard line, but he just pushes forward and gets the touchdown. I mean, so I I don't worry about his durability nearly as much as I do of Tua. I mean, I met Tua in person and like, I'm like, like the dude is not a big guy. Like, like I just, I I worry about his durability long-term.
3: Yeah, for sure. I, I I agree with that. Back onto like the AJ Brown receiving yards prop. That I like the over on this. Like they're playing the Jaguars. Like the Jaguars are two and one. Sure, Trevor Lawrence is playing good. This Jaguars team's not that good though. Like the two and one record that they have right now is a little bit misleading. It's it's the Jaguars still we're talking about here, and the Eagles are are arguably the best team in football outside of the Bills. So this won't be a close. Uh, can game. you
0: say that? Can you say that one more time for me?
3: Yeah. Uh, what, the Eagles are arguably the best team in football besides the Bills. There we go. There we go. <laughs> they, I mean, There's yeah, there. it's it's true. Yeah. I mean, they
2: brought up, yeah. I got I to gotta read a stat, your stat guy. It's a team stat, not a player stat. Go ahead. Yeah. So, in the last six seasons, the team that spent the most in the offseason on free agents has improved by at least three wins. Yep. And this year, Jaguars are one and Dolphins are two. So, yeah. just just chew on that. It's not it's six years in a row. It's not, I don't care. I mean, it's not a lifetime, but that's a long time, six yeah. years in a
0: row consecutively. So, and what did you, didn't you say, tell me the other day, there was something about um, their free, their, their spend, their, their payroll.
2: Their spend in relation to the, into the free agency. That, that was it. Okay. I got you.
0: Yeah. I mean, they have, I mean, what, Max, what did you think about last week then? Because I mean, even if Justin Herbert was healthy, they still lost thirty-eight to ten. Yeah. I mean, do you do you not believe in this Jags team?
3: No, no, I do, I do believe in the Jags team. I actually a big like Trevor Lawrence guy. I'm a big James Robinson guy. Like I'm a huge advocate for those two guys. But mm-hmm. I don't think that they're the level of team that the Eagles are. Like the Eagles have an, just- an, an, an incredible defense defensive line. They have Darius Slay. Like they have a great defense, and then they have an offensive line that's probably the best in football. You have Miles Sanders, who's showing that he's still got it. Jalen Hurts has been a top five quarterback in the NFL this year. You have AJ Brown, who's looking like an elite top ten receiver. You have Devontae Smith, who's breaking out and showing us why he was the best receiver we might have ever seen in college that year that he won the Heisman. It's like, how how do you compete with that team, with that roster? And the Nick Sirianni's coaching very well. It's it's like I think the Jaguars are good. I think they're they're going to be like a decent team. They might even make you know sneak into the playoffs. potential with with how bad the division's been. But I don't think wild improvement. Would be with Eagles. It would be. It yeah. would be. And I think Trevor Lawrence is that guy. But
2: I, I hear you on Eagles. Claire. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. You're saying he's not just saying they're not the Eagles and they're not even on their level. Yeah. Yeah. That makes
0: sense. I get it. Um, What I will say with the Eagles is, you know, it just feels like A.J. Brown just, like, opened up so much for them. Because, like, Devontae Smith wasn't quite the number one guy yet, but, like, having him as a complimentary guy to your number two guy and then having guys like Goddard and then you have
2: all the running backs and uh, it just opened up everything. It kind of unlocked –
0: what I think everything for Philly.
2: What I will say is that slant with AJ Brown, when he's fully covered in the right coverage and he just catches in, falls five yards forward, that just is so demoralizing to a team. Yeah. Like they called the right play. They had him covered. Obviously, you want to knock the ball down, but that's not easy with a guy like AJ Brown in front of you. Mm-hmm. But then having him fall four or five yards forward into the end zone, it's like, dude, they got thunder and lightning. There's there's the Eagles are gonna be a problem this year. Offensively, yeah. the Eagles are gonna be a problem to guard this year or
0: stop
3: or hold or Max, whatever. Do
0: you ever do you ever bet like on against the spread bets like just picking a team minus or plus the points or just stick to player
3: <sighs> yeah, props? Yeah, I, I just haven't had the best luck with stuff like that because like I, I remember seeing this the other day on, on TikTok actually. There's something about like how how spreads don't matter anymore. Um, uh, that's a yeah. big
0: trending topic on TikTok. So yeah, so is, I'll be the first to admit it's a little oh, sorry, I'm looking misleading. Before. It's a little misleading yeah. for sure. Yeah, but what what they're trying to say is that, or what at least I'm trying to say is, like let me put it this way: if you're going to take an underdog with the points, you got to win that bet 53% of the time just to get your money back, right? Yeah. But if you take an underdog on the money line, generally speaking, if you're in the 35 to 40% range, you're still going to break even or or, or make a profit. Yeah. Now it depends on the actual odds of that dog, but what people are trying to say, or what I, at least I'm trying to say is you have to win at a much lower rate if you're taking that money line. Yeah. And then a lot of times the dogs are either getting blown out or they're just winning. So yeah. a lot of times those points don't matter to the underdogs, but it is a little misleading. And I'll let Gino add some
2: context. Yeah, and what I'll say to that too. So all data is good data. It's good to know how few times the spread actually comes into play because then when you like a favorite, don't let the spread scare you away. Nice. Just take the favorite. The difference is, and I think where it's being the most misrepresented is people don't understand that when it's coming into play is with the underdog, and moving that 15%, 20% on the underdog is a huge swing. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and say that you should take the points over money line. That would probably be a week-to-week or year-over-year analysis. But having the spread come into play only, I think it was 24% of the time, that's effing huge. Excuse my my language. If you're talking about they win some, and then the ones they lose, they cover 24%, that takes it from negative to positive. So I, I just think I, I, you know, I, numbers don't lie. Liars use numbers. People are con- misconstruing it. It's, it's not that we expect the spread to come into play 70, 80% of the time. No one professional would ever expect that. Right. And I think that's what's being misconstrued. Yeah. But there's a lot of learning that, can be, yeah. that could be had from knowing the yeah. fact that it comes into place a so little. So Agreed. Max, yeah, that would you- makes sense.
0: You, so you like the Philadelphia Eagles over the Jags. You think they're significantly better. Would you take the minus six and a half? I got to know because i am be honest. I'm scared about this game. I feel like this is the the highest spot the Eagles have been in a long time. Like everyone – you just told me that they're the best team in football. If, if, if somebody said that going in the preseason saying, hey, after three weeks of football, the Eagles are going to be the best team in football. Like that's scary to me. This to me, this is like an upset written all over it. Like Jacksonville just blew out the Chargers in LA. Now they're coming in the Philly and the public's still gonna be back in Philly because they're even higher on Philly than Jacksonville. Do you think the Eagles win by a touchdown or more here? Or do you like the points?
3: Um I'm yeah, I'm taking the Eagles minus six and a half. Like I I, when you said are you taking the spread, you didn't tell me the number yet. I thought it would have been like nine and a half or even in double digits. Um So yeah, I, I, I think that I would take the spread and not even think twice about it. I think for, for me, when I view like point spreads and, and I'm taking bets that aren't player props, like I can get wrapped up a lot in like the, oh, like kind of what you were saying of like, oh, they just beat LA on the road and it feels like it could be an upset and it just feels like it's a trap. Like I can get caught up in that, but, and this is why I don't bet spreads a lot because that stuff does matter. I just don't give a lot of merit because I'm going to think more like a logic perspective of like, they're just 10 times better of a team. And I think the Chargers are pretty unlucky with, with with how Rashawn Slater tore his bicep. The offensive line was horrible. Justin Herbert has multiple like broken ribs or cartilage or whatever, and Keenan Allen's yeah. out. So you, you missed that safety blanket. Austin Eckler hasn't really been getting in a role. There's no run game whatsoever. And yeah. the defense is banged up too. So it's like when I'm looking at it that way, like, yeah, ju- like Justin Herbert and, and, and the Chargers got rolled. And, the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence looked great, but James Robinson broke off for like what a 50 yard run. That's a touchdown. Um, like on fourth and one, yeah, yeah, on fourth yeah. and one. It's like there, there's things that like we we forgot about the game that like really we're just really lucky for for the Jaguars. Yeah. I think um, the Eagles. It's like wins, a domino. Uh, it's
0: like a domino effect. Like when it rains, yeah. it pours. It goes bad. Yeah. It gets worse. It gets even yeah. worse. So I do yeah. get that for sure. Yeah, so. and
3: I also don't think that like once they're down a lot in that game they're really worried about coming back cuz you're like why would you risk Justin Herbert going out there and trying his absolute hardest running for plays and like making stuff happen when he's hurt it's like you okay you probably lost game K- i don't even
0: played no nah, i don't either i don't either you're, yeah. with. you're, you're nah, talking about you know, your franchise quarterback and you were 2 and 0 they were 2 and 0 right 1, e- one e- and you know, 1
3: 1 one, and 1 yeah they lost uh they lost uh, oh, to they lost to Kansas City yeah lost Kansas City, so they they lost Kansas Kansas City played, yeah, yeah.
0: I
2: get it, but at the same time, it's like it's one game in an NFL yeah. season for your franchise quarterback. Who, I mean, in hindsight, right? If they won it, it's like they should have played them two and one's way better than oh, one and two. But we're, they we're just the critics. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. Only, I was just what what I was gonna say too, and you know, I, I want to talk about this true true line stuff, but I will wait. But I'm saying in particular to this game, yeah. what we're seeing right now is the public's going to be divided. I'm seeing 58 on Philly and 42 on Jacksonville. And 58 doesn't mean like run on the Jacksonville side. It's early in the week. Favorites always get pounded pretty early, and that's tickets, not money. Um, I think we're seeing pretty close to the true line. I actually had that at Philly minus eight. And to your guys' point, it's Philly did open it up, and people are like, best team in football, best team in the NFL. Right now, for sure, the best team in the NFC. Um, So you'd think they'd be expensive, but then Jacksonville went across – and gave it to the Chargers. So you're getting, in my humble opinion, you're actually getting Philly where you should get them or technically cheap because you you gain that swing. It's a huge difference. Of it's a seven great half point. I, I was
0: going to just bring that up too. Is like as yeah. much as you would be buying Philly in such a high spot, Jacksonville, I'll tell you right now, if Jacksonville went into LA last week and lost that game outright and didn't look impressive, like Gino's saying, the Eagles are maybe minus 10 this week. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Maybe minus nine, maybe minus 10. So that's yeah. a great point.
2: But I will say, the last thing I'll end on that, the value change was crazy on the money line. So although the line seems to be sticking, it opened up at Philly minus 335 and Jack's plus 260. It's down to Philly minus 285 and plus 228. So it's interesting that people wow. are basically going back to that point. People are saying, well, if they're going to cover, they're going to win. And now they, they beat that down. So it's not every day you hear me say this, but there's more value on Philly minus 6.5 to me then Jacksonville plus two twenty eight plus two twenty eight to me ain't that sweet for the, the variance in these two ball clubs.
3: Yeah. I agree. Fair enough. I agree. My, ears. my uh my last prop I want to tell you guys was Christian yeah. Kirk's over receiving yards. 64 and a half right now is ridiculous. Um who do they play? They're playing they're playing they're playing, they're playing uh the Eagles.
2: Oh oh Kirk's not yeah, on the yeah. Arizona anymore. That's
3: That's why I was like, wait, did am I tripping no? No, that's <laughs> no, no yeah. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I in no, Carolina. I was thinking Arizona. No. Yeah. And, and and again, it's like, I see this game going like one of two ways. I see the game being close and being stupid that it's close for whatever reason. And Christian Kirk's fed the ball like he has been, or I see the Eagles just destroying them. And it's like not even close up by two touchdowns at half kind of thing. Um, either way, I think Christian Kirk is over here. He's averaging 89 receiving yards a game on the season. He's been playing out of his mind. They paid him $18 million this year. And everybody was freaking out in the offseason because they overpaid a guy who really hadn't produced at all. So he's playing really, really great. He has three touchdowns on the season. He's an elite fantasy football receiver. And I see no reason why in a game where Jalen Hurts is cooking and they're going to be down for the majority of the game, why Christian Kirk couldn't hit 65 when he's averaging 89 of the season.
0: Now, is he considered their number one?
3: Yeah, he's the number one by, uh, by a long shot. And
0: you're not scared that my, my boy Slay is going to be on him?
3: i I mean i I might be i might be scary but christian kirk does play in the slot sometimes and like darius slay has said about cooper cup he doesn't follow guys in the slot so it it doesn't it doesn't really matter and i think if you're i think if you're uh jackson's if you're jacksonville's coaching staff you know that he's come out and said that so you're gonna put your best receiver in the slot more than you would normally to get him open because darius Slay won't be on him
0: where do you put slay as far as top corners right now because he's up there
3: oh this is such a bad like place for me to because i'm just like so and like not knowledgeable about like 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 rankings yeah. on like defenders and stuff like that i mean yeah. my my top guys are probably you know ramsey jair trey white when he's healthy um i think slay's probably up there though he's probably like up there with those guys like he's he's probably not up there with jair and and uh, ramsey but he's probably up there with those like next tier of like really great corners so yeah. i i'd probably i'd probably say he's like a top seven corner i don't know if i give him top five tag yet but he's he's I mean, he yeah. locked up he locked up Plenty of great receivers in his career, so I mean, I
2: yeah, yeah. I think I'm huge on Sauce. I think Sauce. Oh yeah, got drafted where he should have got drafted. I think he's going to be a name that we know about for a long time. Yeah, which I like to see that for the Jets. They got good fans. Yeah,
0: let me ask you a question, Max. When you're taking player props, do you look at like what what strategies do you use? Do you look at because Gino and I do a segment on here where it's like buy low, sell high, right? And we're always talking about when we're taking teams that are coming off shit performances right and then buying them in a low spot right um is there anything you look at week to week like you look at a player and he has a horrible performance in week three and now maybe his under has dropped 10 yards or something going into the week four do you ever look at that type of stuff
3: Yeah, I do. Like a good example is, is Justin Jefferson right now. Like I'm pretty sure his prop is right around 90 or 90, 91 and a half receiving yards. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't like necessarily love it still. Um, like I think, you know, he's a, he's a, he's an elite top receiver, but he also has Marshawn Lattimore on him this week at new Orleans. So it's like the prop probably should be, is that in London? Yeah,
0: that's a London game. Okay. Yeah, Yeah.
3: Yeah, so but the, still, so that's, but still. yeah, I mean it's Justin Jefferson though, right? Like it's Justin Jefferson, yeah. so it's hard because he's so such an elite talent. Or like Jonathan Taylor is a good example. Like um, I'm sure his rushing yards prop isn't over like 98 and a half, which is where it should be for every given week for him. He's a 100 rushing right. yard guy a week, but uh, I, I care more about who they're playing. Um, game script kind of situation. Like if they're on the road and they're playing a really good team, like like Jacksonville is this week, like they're probably going to be down early because it takes a little while for you to get going on the road, especially young quarterbacks, especially teams that are like just Mm kind of getting hot. Like I expect them to be down early. So I'm looking at game script. Will he be in positive game script or negative game script for the majority of the game? I'm not gonna take like a wide receiver ones over yards. Like if if Justin Jefferson was playing the Falcons and he, I know that the Vikings are gonna be up early in this game. I'm probably not gonna take his receiving yards over because it makes sense to me. They're just gonna run the ball and the game will probably be over before it even starts. So it's like, yeah, he could go for 150, but he also could easily just have a 70 yard receiving game, one touchdown, five receptions, and they win the game by three touchdowns. So I I look more at game script matchups, how the quarterback's been playing the defense they're playing against and how many receiving yards and passing yards they've given up for the first three weeks. And I kind of take all of that and think, okay, is it reasonable that this prop could go over by a lot or under by a lot? I don't, I don't like things that to me feel like not a, not a surefire hit.
2: And if you were talking to a kid that wanted to get into prop betting, wanted to get into daily fantasy, what's like, I, ha- I hate using this term because you get out of life what you put into it, but what's like a good zero to one, a, a place to start that's maybe not as intricate as your understanding of the space, yeah. but just like a couple checks and balances where they can start paper betting.
3: Yeah, I, I would probably not recommend that they like go right into betting on like point spreads or really even player props or really putting too much money down. I I would probably recommend that they like do a daily fantasy draft on one weekend and like pick some players they like and in in the draft. And then they go, okay, now you're going to get the feeling of watching a player and you have money on it. And now that like adrenaline boost and like the nervousness and the stress you're feeling, that's what you're going to feel now. But like 10 X when you have more money on it. So like you should (laughs) understand how that feels because that's really important that you don't become numb to that really early cuz that can be really dangerous right so 100%. i think it's important i think it's important that you like get your feet wet a little bit and then i think you you should probably like do your own research always but probably find a couple of handicappers or content creators or people that you like that you trust that you've seen hit on things and take their information they're bringing to you and go okay i like that let me do my own research and and then i think always 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 recommend to my friends who are just getting into betting never make your first bet a parlay like never make your first bet a parlay because you miss that first parlay that you put 5 teams on at plus 1200 odds and you're going to chase that for the rest of your like betting history get your feet mm-hmm. wet with a straight bet hit your straight bet to start like hit a straight bet on, on, on even something that's like minus two fifty and feels like you're not making much money on there. So you can get the idea of how it feels to win. And then once you feel a little more confident, maybe, maybe throw a two leg parlay, maybe something, something, something small, but don't just, just jump right spindle, in Just a little bit. Yeah. A little something, a little something, but don't go this ahead and throw perfect. a six leg parlay <laughs> on your first time betting.
0: <laughs> what a uh, perfect
2: advice. This is called the discipline, the Gens podcast. So I was going to say too, <laughs> brand, Ma- Max is the age of my two little brothers. And he said, do your own research. And I hate that because I'm, I love alt cryptocurrencies and I love asking my little brother, like I say, Hey, Paulo, give me a straight banger this week. I want to throw a couple of grand at some altcoins. And he'll literally respond, D-Y-O-R. And I have to like, I had to Google it the first time. I'm like, what is this? And if I was in the same room, I would have slapped his ass. I'm pissed. Like I'm asking you to give me your research just so I can get that upside rip. I don't want to do my own research, but I, I appreciate it.
3: Yeah.
0: Max, is there any websites that you recommend or like, as far as like the analytical side of things, I mean, obviously you can look at like ESPN box score, rosters, et cetera, but there, is there anything that you use when you're like handicapping these player props that you would recommend the others?
3: Yeah, like I, I have a couple open right now I'll show you, so or I'll, I'll tell you about. So there's one, it's it's the football database. So that's what I look at for defensive statistics for teams. So there's like passing yards per game, total passing yards, uh, yards per game, touchdowns per game, points per game, stuff like that. I'm looking at, if I'm looking at, like, for example, Christian Kirk, I'm looking at the matchup between the Eagles. How many passing yards have they given up each game this season so far? So that's one. Um, obviously, you have like pro football reference, which shows you like every single stat for um, like offensive players. You can see receiving yards on there, targets, all that, which is good. Um, those are the two main I'm looking at in terms of like player props as for like fantasy stuff. You have Fantasy pros that has like fantasy football news. They have a whole like feed of just news that sh- they show you for like what's going on with certain players, injuries, practice updates, stuff like that. They also have leaders. Um, there's NFL next gen stats, which is good for like specific stuff. If you want to look at something really, really crazy. Um, I also look at strength of strength of schedule as well for fantasy football. So that's a website called full-time fantasy. That's really good for um, the analytics behind how many points are given up to each position and they break it down in terms of like scheduling and weeks and stuff like that So that's a great website, too.
0: I love it. I love it I got a couple more questions for you. So do you prefer betting overs or unders just generally speaking?
3: Who would ever enjoy betting an under that's the most boring. I love I love dude, it. Bro. No way, dude You're here's, rooting, the thing. here's the thing bro. for the game to be boring.
0: <laughs> how, how old are you right now?
3: I'm 22 and three months
0: okay so I'm 30 now and the first 28 years of my life well the first 16 years of my life because I started betting when I was around 12 but the, <laughs> oh, God. the first 16 years so from 12 to 28 I loved overs right they're exciting the adrenaline rush you, you don't want to root for a slow boring game right as I've matured the last two years I absolutely love unders I love them <laughs> whether it's a game whether it's a player prop Whether it's a a team total win for the season, I love betting unders because I just find that overs are always inflated, for one, because the public loves overs, so the number's always higher than it should be. And two, I just deep down feel like there are just more scenarios where shit goes under. Whether a player gets hurt, whether the game script is a blowout, whether whatever the circumstances, I just deep down generally feel that way. And I don't have the numbers in front of me. But this season, taking every under of every NFL game so far is up a fortune. Like It's up a lot. I don't know if it's more or less than the dog money lines, but I know at one point it was in the 70% range towards the under. Oh, so, wow.
3: That's crazy. Um,
0: and it's, it's funny because I actually texted one of our interns about this. I want to run the numbers to see if I had a two-team same-game parlor <laughs> for the whole NFL season
2: of dog, of dog money
0: line to the under. I think that's up a lot right now. You're because sir. I want you no, I want to hear Max's opinion on this. When you look in your opinion, when you look at these underdogs that win outright, how often is it a shootout? Look at the the Dolphins this weekend. 21-19. Yeah. Look at the Colts this weekend. What was it? 2017? Yeah, Whatever the number was, right? Yep. These dogs that win at upsets, it and I don't have the exact numbers, but I'm, we're going to clip this and actually put the numbers up there. I'm telling you, it feels like 60% of the time at least the game the game script goes under what? and the, the the favorite and that higher powered offense like the chiefs for example the bills for example they just shit the bet offensively
2: what i will say so you know that under was on my card I, I loved it what i will say being the old man in the room is there is not one like <laughs> system like all dogs even though it's working or all unders it's actually contrarian to popular belief like if the market's Give you the value. All you have to do is sit and watch what the market does. So if the market believes all the money is on unders, then the value this weekend's going to be on the overs. It doesn't mean you're not wrong, but in hindsight, I think the biggest mistake the public makes is they react to what happened in the past and then reciprocate it a day late.
0: But I th- also think I totally agree with everything you just said. But I also think we have to understand that just because something is is winning doesn't mean people are going to jump ship and start doing it. And this is the illusion I gave Gina the other day. I tweeted at him. I, I, I don't know if you have it. I said, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember word for word what I said. But I, I told Maddie. Go ahead. Yeah. I just
2: said, Maddie, you're so vocal about this underdogs system that you're actually going to suck value out of your own system <laughs> because people are going to start betting it. Oh, I, dude, I own bet openly. I see it. Ask Maddie a year ago, Maddie and I are sitting at one of his smoothie shops and I'm like, dude, I can't get people to take dogs. And I was like showing him the data. I'm like, there is insane amount of money to just sit here and swoop up all untaken bets on bet openly, obviously a personal problem. It's market. So then Maddie comes out with this program. He has a pretty wide reach. We're seeing now for the first time ever, the only thing not filling are dogs. Now I have a really, I'm a microcosm. I'm a small market. But what I was saying to Maddie was we're also, you know, you get, Max gets a hundred times the views I get, Maddie gets a hundred times the views I get. But even little old me, when I introduced home dogs to prime time, you couldn't get a favorite uh, road uh, on, filled in bed openly. Like That's how small our 8,800 people are. So I said to Maddie, I think a correction's coming. And then Maddie gave me this analogy, which I thought was classic. I'll give you the analogy, all right? Here's the analogy.
0: People understand how to lose weight. They understand that they need to the work out. They understand that how to eat healthy. They know how to do it. But as soon as a cheeseburger is in front of them, Or as soon as the ability to just skip a workout or the temptation to skip a workout and watch Netflix instead is there, they're going to end up caving in. And that's exactly how I feel about favorites. People say, oh, the dogs are winning. Why am I not doing this every week? I'm doing it next year. Do you know how many times I heard that during March Madness this past year? I won 16 or 17 units just blind. You and I Saint, were sitting in Vegas. St. Peter's won at plus 1600. I had a hundred bucks on that. People were telling you
2: every dog that won was luck, but not every, every single favorite
0: that lost. But my point is here is people know that it's working, but for whatever reason, when they see the Chiefs minus seven, they're throwing that shit in their I parlay. <laughs> they're still going to end up taking it. And that's just how I feel about this. So I'm not disputing that there won't be a day and age or a time that the value sucked out of this thing. But what I am saying is a, and what everyone on TikTok doesn't even, uh, doesn't seem to understand is a, I did this for fun and as an experiment. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm just giving. B, time. no, not you. I'm talking to the yeah, on TikTok. Yeah. B, and more importantly, I don't give a fuck what it did the past 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> comment that shit right on my now. videos. I care about what it's done the past three seasons because I and think the social media day and age and in the information age is dra- and it's everyone believe. I would say it's fair to say everyone believes that. What happens on social media clearly impacts the better markets. It has to. Videos, yeah. tweets, Instagram, TikTok, there's billions of views that impact lines and odds, right? So, my point of this whole thing is I, I, just, I just believe that be, my whole theory of this whole thing is based on all of that and based on these past couple of years, everyone is taking favorites. And last year, it was up 29 units. I it agree with you. It was two of the last three seasons. If you look back the last eight years, it was only profitable for maybe five. I got to look at those numbers it. again. Go
2: ahead. One, so two things. I need the editor to put a cheeseburger over Maddie's head with all the dogs <laughs> and then a salad over my head with all the favorites or, oh, or vice yeah. versa, whatever. I, like <laughs> I messed that up. But what I will say to Maddie's point, although Max is educating people on fantasy, although I'm talking to people about managing bankroll, we're only affecting a small market the big dogs in the space are influencing way more first-time gamblers and yeah. they will naturally go over and favor it. just just naturally they're gonna yeah. go straight to there eventually they'll trickle down to us because i can't tell you sorry to brag but the best part about discipline agendas and the best part about having guests like this is the dms maddie and i get dudes that straight up said dog i've been losing for 20 years and you have made me win money so although we're doing our part to make the space better we're like a sliver in the pie. You probably couldn't even see us when yeah. you look at our views and our likes and stuff compared to the, like the guys that are showing the 10 team parlays that win a million go so <laughs> viral. They seem yeah. more views in that day than we do
3: all Bro, year.
0: What's his name? Million dollar Marco. Just the other day, 65 K yep. to win three mil on a parlay. Yep. The last leg was Monday night football.
3: Broncos um, plus one and a half.
0: Broncos. He had Broncos no, plus night. one and a half. Sunday night football had Broncos <laughs> plus one and a half. Like, I, I'm happy for the dude. He's obviously nah. extremely successful outside of betting. Right? Outside of betting. He's professionally very successful and he just hit a parlay for $3 million. Hold up. He had the cash out option of 1.6, and he didn't take it and he wrote it and I respect that. But my only thing is like, you know how many the gens are now betting $65 to win what, $300 or $3,000? 3, <laughs> Whatever the hell the number Whatever is, Whatever right? pay, dude. You, that's That's the challenge. Same concept. Last thing, same concept with the guy that turned what was it $7, Seven in the $100,
2: 250? 250
0: 235
3: dollar. or something like that that guy yeah, yeah. yeah it was
0: 252 i think it was so like that's just there's insane a, come bro, on guys but there's the, a reason those have, but there are powerball winners that it does happen yeah. you now.
2: but there's a reason those big companies are paying to push those yeah agendas what i will say i got I'm a hardcore capitalist. I love the U.S. I'm a crazy patriot, all these weird things. But I say all that, no disrespect to this Marco dude. I don't know him. He sounds Italian to me. I love Italians. I'm Gino. My brother's are Apollo and Dominic. I'm sitting <laughs> next to Maddie. I'm down with this dude. What I will say, and I don't mean this because he got deeper pockets than me, the fact that I see his, his, his tickets at the end, and sometimes they're 16, sometimes they're eight, and then I don't see a ticket for two weeks. I know this dude's banging out 10 a week. And the fact that the yeah. books let him bang these out means that there's not a likelihood this dude's raking them for what he, yeah. what, what the image he puts out is. And again, one,
0: one thing I will say just to give him credit, credit where, where credit is due. He had his, in the entire community ride that parlay with him. So I will give him credit. Oh, he dang. put that 16 parlay out days before he said oh, okay it. so that i didn't know that so there might have been a significant amount of people that tailed that with him and won big so and it had and dogs well, in it it did it had a couple dogs with the points like broncos plus one and a half he had another dog that won it like plus one or he two had two money like yeah yeah so it, it was, was a good it was, part It was a great hit 100 but no question all right max last question for you we will let you run then bro i want to hear are there any players in just standard fantasy football right now that you're like wow they've had a great first few weeks, and now people should be looking to sell high on them, right? And get rid of yeah. them. or And then also vice versa. Are there any players that have had yeah. shit the first few weeks, but you expect to have some positive acceleration throughout the rest of the season?
3: Yeah. Uh, first one that comes to mind for like a sell high right now is Garrett Wilson. He's been really good. He's been probably the best rookie receiver outside of maybe Drake London's been a little bit better, but he's, he's on on been, yeah. yeah Garrett, Garrett Wilson's been damn good. And he, he's really, really talented. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Garrett Wilson's going to get worse. Unfortunately, Zach Wilson's coming back though. So um, that's a wow. huge, that's a huge problem. So I'll, I'll kind of explain it, right? Uh, Garrett Wilson has the hardest schedule amongst all fantasy football receivers from weeks six through 10. So the hardest schedule from week six through 10. On top of that, you have Zach Wilson back who last year Elijah Moore was the wide receiver one for the Jets, and I don't know if you guys remember this little this little stretch he had, but Elijah Moore weeks eight through eleven was averaging eight receptions, eighty six receiving yards, and one touchdown a game in those four week stretch. Those are the only four games that Zach Wilson didn't play. When Zach Wilson came back, and Elijah Moore over the course of his um, rookie year with Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore averaged two receptions for twenty five receiving yards a game with Zach Wilson. So the sad reality is that Zach Wilson blows. He sucks. He's a horrible quarterback. He was first in bad throw percentage as a rookie, the highest in the NFL, and he was last in on-target throw percentage. So he's the he's the mo- the biggest risk taker that, that throws horrible passes, and he's the least accurate. To put in perspective, right? Wow. He was he threw more bad passes than Justin Fields, and was less accurate than Justin Fields. And we are seeing how bad Justin Fields is this year. So he's he's worse than that guy, or on par with him. So That's I wild. want nothing to do with Garrett Wilson. He he's a top 15 receiver in fantasy football right now. But in no, i mean, I could not be more confident that he's going to completely fall off the second of Zach Wilson's back. So that's maybe,
2: number one. Maybe to show him off.
3: Yeah. So that that's no, that's like no, that's number one. Uh, that's number one for me. Number two is Clyde Burks-Alaire. So easily, Clyde burks Uh, this past week, seven carries for zero yards. Um, he scored a touchdown though. So he is viable in fantasy because of that. He's on an offense where he's scored, I think three or four touchdowns in three weeks. And he is going into this week. He was 34th in touches amongst all running backs. There's only 32 starting running backs in the NFL, but he was a top five. <laughs> he was a top five running back in fantasy. So Pollard. um,
2: Pollard's getting as many touches. He's getting more touches than him for sure. What'd you say? Oh, I said, well, we got Tony Pollard in Dallas. So he for sure is oh, getting more he, touches.
3: Yeah, dude, Tony Pollard's getting more touches Pauls than, him. Get more
2: than Clyde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Tony Pollard's
3: getting more touches than Clyde. Yeah, so it's like, no question. You, yeah, so Clyde's a guy that I'm selling high on. He was first in fantasy points per touch, which is a statistic that more times than not usually you fall off a cliff in. Um So I, I don't really want anything to do. With um with him, it, it just feels like the fancy gods, the fancy football gods, decided to, to bless him for the first couple of weeks, and it just yeah, he's not a good goal line back. He's he's five foot five. Like I mean, like it's he's I, in the like. And you he's know, playing what you the do?
0: Bucks the, the Bucks this week. Are only... they a the top a top team against the run?
3: Uh yeah, yeah they are they are yeah. Tough,
0: so uh, what I'm hearing is people should send that trade option today. Try to get out, get rid of him right now. Show him.
2: The I only made one prop related. Bold prediction and I want your opinion on it, Max. Uh, this, I did it preseason, but I said Pollard and Zeke would both have a thousand yards. Ooh. Am I crazy? I th- or is Pollard <sighs> gonna do it and not Zeke?
3: I, oh man, what what are they at right now? Um, yeah, let me see, let me see what they're at right now. So I just see. thought they were gonna Zeke,
2: be really bad at passing the ball. Yeah. So Zeke is, at,
3: Zeke is at Zeke is at one seventy eight. He's averaging sixty a game. And then oh, Pollard that's trouble. Pollard is at fifty-two a game at one hundred and fifty. It's it's like well, what do I need with
2: seventeen they games? Get it. They can get it. What do I need? Like seventy? I think yeah. I need. I only need seventy yards You're, a game. You, I no, think.
3: You, no, you you know you need. Breakout. No, no, no. You need you need um, fifty-eight that's yards that's a that's game. Fifty-eight yards a so game. Oh, there you go. So they're that's they're that's almost that's there. there. So yeah, so Zeke is on pace um, for it barely, and then Pollard's like seven yards under a game. Okay, so, people so it's, that actually was crazy, but it's actually not, close, but I'm yeah. not
2: that crazy. Okay, no, I, I don't no. know if that would have ripped. I don't even know if they you can make bets like that. But no,
3: it's it's not no, it's not that crazy actually to say that. That's it's not that crazy because I mean Dak Prescott getting hurt did help it a little bit because obviously the pass game was going to be as great. But dude, Cooper Rush has been low key cooking, so I don't hate that bet. But yeah, you mentioned Gino about Clyde and the Chiefs playing the Bucks. This is the these are their next games. Okay, so they play the Bucks, the Raiders, who obviously the Raiders have a great pass rush. They're playing horrible, but great pass rush. And then they play the Bills. The Niners. After that, so and in then in his, in his next four games, he's got the Bucks, Bills, and Niners. Oh
2: man!
0: So you tell you tell That's me right.
3: how Clyde's gonna be an elite fantasy back during that. Yeah. So yeah, it must That's sell, it. must sell for that guy.
0: So all right, so you gave us the players that 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 people should sell high on now. So which players have had shit first few weeks, and you believe that they're gonna have better rest of the years, and that you should try to acquire as a fantasy football team owner?
3: Yeah, uh, Javante Williams, first guy that comes to mind for me. Number one, Russ isn't cooking up shit in Denver. Uh, they cannot run the offense through him for some reason. I don't know what it is about. I don't know what it is about Russell Wilson. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know why he's bad now. They uh, maybe it's Nathaniel Hackett. It. Who who knows? But Melvin Gordon fumbled three times this past week. He played 39% of snaps. He had 12 carries to Javante's 15, I believe. Um, Javante has the easiest schedule amongst all running backs for fantasy football in weeks six through 10. So a second year running back who they've come out and said verbally and Melvin Gordon himself has come out and said, they want Javante to be the guy is now going to have the easiest schedule for a team that's not been successful. That's playing bad with a coach who's on the hot seat already three games into his first coaching, coaching season.
2: I'm out in this dude right now.
3: <laughs> like, yeah, it's like you, 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 it's, it has, it has to be Javante the guy that you're buying low on. Um, it just makes like sense it. to me. Second guy. I mean, his name gangster. Oh, yeah, 100%. Javante is a dope-ass name. I don't even know how, how you even think about naming your kid that, but it's a dope name. <laughs> it's um, no, it's hard for sure. But so the second and third guy are kind of like – kind of course, you're going to try to buy low on them, but it's Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson, kind of the combination of two guys who are top of their position. Jonathan Taylor is coming off a game where he just didn't play all that great from a production standpoint. It's been Frank Reich, and, and it's been Matt Ryan just being complete dog water this season, so I, I just – I don't know. I, I don't see a reason that we are not believing in Jonathan Taylor. It's not like Jonathan Taylor got worse. He still looks like no. a great running back in football. Like it's not like he's injured. It's not like the offensive line is bad. It's just that Matt yeah. Ryan went as bad as he can possibly be. So uh, yeah, I just feels like yeah.
0: the Colts are figured it out, right? Like no one expected him yeah. to be one, one, and one here. Um, yeah. but, you know, I agree with you. I think one, one, one and one's crazy. It's a crazy it really record. Crazy. A crazy I'm still record. pissed about that week one because I had the Texans
2: money line. And the Colts ended up coming back down seventeen, <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> yeah. it was. It's a big swing. This bro. knocked out like half of Survivor leagues, and Maddie's over here mad about one of his sixteen dog plays. Get me
0: started on Survivor, bro. I don't want to talk. I don't want to even hear that word. I love yeah. it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, those, those, those are the guys though.
0: You got him that's all you got? Maxie, we yeah, appreciate yeah, it, bro. That's all I got. My man, thanks so much for coming on, bro. I appreciate you. Of
3: course. You. Of course, boys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir. Have a uh, real quick. Give it. Give everyone where they can follow oh, you yeah, on good social. Call. Good call.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, you guys can find me on TikTok. It's Fantasy Football Az. On Twitter, it's Fantasy ball Az. They wouldn't let me have my full username. Didn't fit. And then on Instagram, it's Maximilian Jacobs. And you guys can find me on those three.
0: And is there anything that I think you have some subscriptions and stuff? Is there anywhere somebody can subscribe to
3: you? Yeah, I have a Patreon. It's Patreon.com slash ffaz. But don't want to like plug too hard, but like I just enjoy talking talking ball with you guys. But if you guys want to look into anything with that with me, anybody's listening, you can just look at my link tree. Everything's in there.
0: My oh, man, thanks so much, bro. Of
3: course, appreciate you guys. Have appreciate you,
0: me All right, we are on to the next segment here. We're gonna dive into our facts or cap segment, our dog of the week, our survivor pick, which this is my least favorite segment on the podcast now, <laughs> and then our, we're gonna finish with our buy low, sell high. And we're going to look at some division odds and then primetime games. So let's get started. I'm going to feed Gino the first facts or cap here. The Bengals officially got their swagger back and they're back in it. Facts or cap?
2: People are going to think it's facts because they should win this week against Miami. Um, but I am not. I'm going to say cap because I don't think this Bengals team is uh, what they were last year. I I, I don't see it. Um if, if beating the jets in a game that I think the jets were, they tied at half. Time? There was a couple of no, times that they no. we were still in it. They never came back or they, they, they were, were covering on the
0: jets the whole game.
2: Okay. I just feel like the jets were almost yeah. covering for so whatever. don't matter. No, um, just to me, scores to me, beating the jets is like questionable. You, you you Even that
0: game, you, you were like, we were very close to putting the jets in our, um, circle of, uh, millions contest, five teams against the spread. Gino made a great executive call said, I think this the Bengals might smack the Jets. So we ended up leaving that one out. So that was a good call. But I'm going to say that this is facts only because I believe they'll do enough to make a wild card run by the end of the season. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say is facts.
2: So that's fair then. Um, maybe I'll, I'll go with the, the cap that I just, unfortunately for Bengals fans, I see y'all missing the playoffs.
0: Fair. Next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a serious threat in the AFC South faxer cap they're currently a plus 275 bet to win the AFC South here do you see any value in that
2: there's crazy value in that not only that the Jags just went across the country and won I get that Herbert wasn't 100 but their defense seems nasty and let's not just forget that when you bet a division you're not just betting the team to win you're betting other teams to lose I think Tennessee comes out and beats Indy this week so that to me that makes it that this could all shake out even with Jacksonville losing, where they're still in first place or tied for first in that division. Plus 275 is value. I mean, yeah. I, I gave that stat out earlier. I'll give I'll give it again and I'll I'll make it more official just so I don't so I don't misspeak or I don't mislead anyone. I want to be very clear. So in the each of pa- in the each <laughs> I can't even talk in each of the past six years, the top spender has increased its win total by at least three wins. The top spender in free agency this year was the Jacksonville Jaguars, followed by the Miami Dolphins. So that, to me, says that there's more backing up this decent 2 and one start with the Jags mm-hmm. than just a little bit of fluke or luck.
0: I'll be honest. I'm blown away that it's plus 275 right now. I mean, the Colts are 1-1-1. and There's nothing we've seen out of the Colts to make us think that – I mean, even in their one win, I know it was against Kansas City, but a lot of – we had – uh We had the Colts' money line, and I I don't think we're afraid to admit that there was some fluke shit in that game. Oh, God. You know, there was the fake field goal that didn't convert for the Chiefs. Um, There was, you know, just key pivotal moments in that game that fell in our lap. Um, But I will say, like, I don't remember what the Jags were preseason.
2: um, And I'll even say, dude, I had – the. so, Maddie and I bet together and separate. Maddie had Dolphins' money line. I had Dolphins plus the points. I also had the under in that game. I'm not gonna lie, I think I should have lost both those bets. Yeah. Like looking at the stat the the data and the numbers that the Bills were able to put up, I think the Dolphins should have lost by double digits and the the over should have hit, but yeah. obviously people hate on us when we win, but they can't hate on us if it, you know, or excuse me, they hate on us when we lose, so they can't hate I guess when we get lucky on a win.
0: Yeah. But going back to the Jags like plus 275 to win the AFC South, my answer is I do see a little value in it. I don't remember what it was preseason. I would imagine it was like mid three hundreds because um, the Colts were a significant favorite. But I'm just surprised it's 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 uh, as high as or it's as low as plus two seventy or as high as plus two seventy
2: five. I, I think this number is like plus one seventy five. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do remember the Texans were a lot higher. They were like plus twelve hundred, plus fifteen hundred, Right. and the Jags were somewhere in between and like the four or 500 range. So to Maddie's point, not that much value is lost and you've got to see them come out win, go across the country going across the country's effing hard, man. Yeah. I'm impressed.
0: That's fair. All right. Next up. Jalen hurts it right now is a good bet to win NFL MVP facts
2: or cap cap that it's a good bet facts that he's the leader facts that his offensive weapons are insane. Facts that they're clipping on they're clicking on multiple levels, but you just can't eh, how how can I say this? If you spent the last decade buying player long shots, you know, like futures and stuff when the team's in first place, you would get smoked. If you put all your money on like the Super Bowl favorite in the last couple of years, as they're the favorite in certain weeks, you would get smoked on juice. So it's just not a good bet, but it is. If you said who who should win the NFL MVP over Jalen Hurts, I would say right now no one. Lamar Jackson. Oh, so, he playing. Oh, you're right. He did throw up crazy uh, yeah, numbers. Yeah. So
0: I originally tweeted that right now uh, Jalen Hurts is the NFL MVP of the league. I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of not hate, but people just like, dude, Lamar Jackson. And I went back and looked at the numbers, and Lamar's numbers are definitely superior right now. The only argument is team success, which Jalen's three and0 and Lamar's two and one, but obviously that could change. But I will say that Jalen is a top three candidate right now with Lamar and
2: Josh Allen is my is my uh, is my conclusion right now. And good, good point. I always you know forget it because I, I did cheerlead a lot for these Ravens in the offseason, so I love to see all of it. I think the sustainability of the offenses and the high production actually falls more on Jalen hurts than Lamar. I know he's already been an MVP. I know he can do it. I got a lot of love from Awar. I love his style. I love ripping on the haters to say he's not a quarterback because he runs first. They're just outdated. They're just, just flat out outdated. Yeah.
0: And I couldn't find on the app what his current odds are. Okay. So he's second, second. in M- NFL MVP odds after the three and a start.
3: He's Josh currently Allen's six to first. one.
0: Six to one. This man was 40 to one three months ago. Then he dropped to 20 to one before the, right before the season started. Now Jalen Hurts is six to one. So, all of you people out there that told me that Jalen Hurts <laughs> can't even throw a football, this man is the second favorite to win the MVP right now. Josh Allen's at 3-1. to one. Lamar Jackson's at 7-1. to one. So, Lamar is not even the favorite right now. Josh Allen's the favorite. I, my gut tells me Josh Allen's going to win it, but I'm rooting for Jalen, obviously.
2: The numbers that Buffalo put up against pretty tough tees, they're, yeah. they're, they're just 100%. clicking. They're dangerous. All
0: right, up next. The AFC West being the best division in football is now overblown. Facts or cap?
2: Oh, man. I got to say facts for where we're sitting right now or I'm delusional. I sat up here and said the AFC West is what the NFC West was X amount of years ago. And Raiders not looking so hot. Mm-hmm. They, they could be two and one. They're own oh three. Um, chargers are banged up. They lost at home. Uh, Kansas City just lost to Indy. I still think Kansas City, remember I said, is their division to lose and they're a great team. I said they're a top three team in the NFL. I believe that still. Um, and that leaves the, the Broncos. I, I said the Broncos are going to get last in that division. I'm disgusted with that Sunday night football game mm-hmm. on my Niners and them. Uh, I think we have to say that the public was a little too high on this AFC West. There's a lot of parody in this NFL. The AFC South went in there and went three and zero versus them this week. Let me repeat that back to you. The AFC South went three and zero against the AFC West. You can't, you'd be crazy to say that the hype wasn't real.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. One thing I will say is like, I don't think there's a clear best division in football right now. Like I'm looking at look at these stand ins right here. I mean, I just don't know who the best division in football it's parody, is. Parody, my dude.
2: Yeah. This is the parody of the NFL. That's why the product's getting better and better. I always talk crap about the NBA, even though I pump it and I love my Warriors. The parody in the MV- NFL is getting better and better every year. I mean, who do you think the best
0: division is today? I'll read these off. So uh, it's too much to read, but we have the NFC West, Rams are in first, NFC South, Bucks are in first, NFC North. NFC- for the NFC? No. Uh, for the NFC? I, I mean did. the Bears and Lions are in there, but the the Lions haven't been half bad. I the Lions have, yeah, the Lions have obviously good. the NFC East isn't it because it's just the Eagles, the cream of the crop above the rest. <laughs> and then we have the AFC West.
2: I mean, record-wise, the NFC East. But if you ask my opinion, yeah. yeah but, if you ask my opinion, if the NFC North top two played everyone else, they'd be favored except you know, with the exception of the yeah. Eagles. That's just my opinion. I would
0: make the argument right now that the AFC East is up there. Of course. Bills and Dolphins, you know.
2: The Pats don't have their stuff together. Just the Pats, don't if the Pats
0: turn it around, then the AFC. The parity amazing. East could end up being the best team division in football. The, who who
2: would have thought? And honestly, like, you got Bengals. You know, Pitt is competing, even though I don't love them. The AFC North, once once Cleveland gets their guy, Baltimore's in there. If Pitt starts playing, and since he comes back, that's, that's a good division.
0: Yeah. Up next. The Broncos have drastically overpaid for Russell Wilson. Facts or cap? No
2: one can argue that. I will say the blip in the pan, that game-winning touchdown drive that stole my soul, and I watched Russell steal the Niner's soul for the umpteenth time in my life, that was old Russell. So I will say if they go back to that and throw out whatever plan they had for him that was garbage, there's still some hope there. Yeah but he's not worth what they paid for him and they gave up for him that they're going to be married to him for X amount of years. And it's going to be hard to get talent around him. Yeah. That's hard.
0: I'll be honest on this one. Like a part of me thinks like Russell Wilson is like too optimistic and easygoing. Like, I don't see that fire out of him that we saw from like the Peyton Manning's the Tom Brady's of the world. Like, I just feel like even in the interviews, like the post game interviews and, He's so poised, almost to a fault. I feel like, like I know what you're saying. You know, and I just feel like he, I don't see the fire out of him. I th- I'm gonna say they. I don't want to say they overpaid for him because it's just so early to to make come to that conclusion. Because he's obviously a franchise quarterback, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I I just I don't
2: know how I feel about it. It's it's tough. I know what you're saying, like Maddie. Basically, you want to see. You want to see like want to see him pissed off. you the, want to see games. the quarterback you almost want to see those Tom Brady out lashes. you yeah. want to see the guy outburst the guy screaming at guys like that they need to get their shit together. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. He, and, he's never been that though. He's kind of been like ice in his veins, no yeah. matter what if you if your TV's on mute and you can't see the score, mm-hmm. you don't know if they're up twenty one or down twenty one by the way, he's consistently playing again, dude, he stole my soul when he was in the NFC West. so I, I, I look, I, I never wish negative on someone, never an injury or anything like that. I look forward to them missing the playoffs <laughs> yeah. or him, I should say.
0: Yeah. And I, like me personally, I feel like if you're going to pay someone 200 odds, some million, like hand them the keys to the car. Like they might though, but right now they're like, they're not, they're not letting him do enough. They're, they're micromanaging him. I, I think too much. Like, I think that he needs to, be the one calling timeouts on the field. He needs to be running the plays, like give him the playbook and say, Russell Wilson, take us to the promised land. So I think it's a combination of them not allowing him to do enough. Yep. Um, and then
2: also, yeah, they paid a ton of money for him. So it's, it's tough to argue against it right now. And let's go. So you want to go to dog of the week, dog of the week, well, we cannot don't cover a primetime game. alright i gonna let you do this. We'll go, we'll, ahead. We'll, we'll go to the dog of the week. I want to ask you first though. All right. So I'm going to rattle off some dogs for you. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to – Yeah. so you got the Saints, a dog at home. No, they're and in s- London. Oh, you're they, right. Yeah, it's in London. Good call. So that that needs a little asterisk by it when you see it on there. Which, so. by the
0: way, right now, Minnesota is the number one bet public team a few days into this week. The public are hammering Minnesota. I think it opens at two. It's currently at two and a half. I wonder if
2: those the Europeans that are just betting the favorite. Could 100% no, I, think,
0: be. I think people are really low on this Saints team and they still are optimistic. I mean, Minnesota, when you look yep. at their roster offensively, they are loaded, man. It's, people, are, I think, are just expecting them to figure it out at some point. And I think they're very low on Jameis Winston I mean, and the
2: Saints. Minnesota's comeback win versus Detroit was pretty impressive. Ha- having them in survivor. I guess they didn't cover the six for us in Circa. I get it. We still won three out of five. True. Um, sure. Okay, so let me read the dogs. Uh, go ahead. And I did mess that up. Saints are in New England. England. Uh, So, Saints are a dog. Atlanta's home as a dog. Ravens are home as a dog. Remember hearing this, guys? Remember what we did last week? I'm going to tell you. Uh, Washington is at Dallas as a dog. Detroit, oh, no, excuse me, Seattle's at Detroit as a dog. Houston's a home dog. First, the Chargers. Tennessee's at Indy as a dog. Chicago's at the Giants as a dog. Jacksonville's at Philly as a dog. Jets are at Pitt as a dog. We're almost coming up here. Arizona at Carolina dog. Patriots at Green Bay dog. And then Denver as a dog. And I'm leaving out the primetimes. Yeah. What
0: dogs stand out to you? I'll give you. So I have one that I
2: really like that I'm going to pull up that, the numbers. So we only have three home dogs. True home dogs. Yeah. All right. Leaving out primetime. My
0: NFL dog of the week are the Tampa Bay Bucks at home in primetime. Home dogs in primetime. The Bucks lost this past week. They are now, they're now their their weapons I believe will be healthy enough to play here. Tom Brady ain't losing two games in a row. Tom Brady is 41-18-1 against the spread as a dog since being drafted in 2000. Brady off a loss against the Packers, Mahomes off a loss against the Colts. So I get that part of it. But it seems like money's already flowing in on the Chiefs, and Tom Brady as a dog has historically cashed. Plus, home dogs in primetime has historically cashed. And the eye test has shown me that this Tampa Bay Bucks team is the best defense in football. So I'm going to trust them as a home dog here in primetime. I believe that they'll have enough weapons back, and they'll be able to win this
2: game 20-17. to 17. For My dog of the week. Ah. I got two.
0: It's dog of the week, bro. Not dogs. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, go ahead, give us both.
2: The people want. I'll give you the dog first, then I'll give you my puppy, my layup, my second, <laughs> my number two. My puppy. <laughs> my my dog of the week is going to be Tennessee at Indy. That's going to be my number one, and then my my puppy, my layup is actually going to be Baltimore, at home against Buffalo. The <laughs> world is going to be betting Buffalo on. The bounce back. Yeah. And I'm taking the three and a half. I I argued this morning with a couple of people that I really like the money line, but the money line stuck. And I got it up at plus two and I got three and a half, which is a nice hook. Yeah. So although everyone out there is arguing points don't matter, I will take three and a half. I hear you over plus two, obviously. But I'll take the three and a half because I feel like I should be getting at least plus 170, plus 180. On Baltimore money line but there are places you can get that
0: I'll tell you one thing that's one game where the, I do like the points that three and a half that hook there against Buffalo I'm scared about that game bro I don't, we're gonna have to talk offline about whether we put that in circuit or not because I'm telling you I was just in Miami in person and it is just eye-opening how good Josh Allen is dude and them coming off a loss and I mean we need to look at the injury reports and and you know fully handicap that game but uh wh- what about what uh, I
2: will say just real yeah, quick yeah. Let's forget about Josh Allen for a second. Let's forget about the Buffalo's offense for a second. Mm-hmm. I will say that Buffalo's defense allowed too many points for how little yards they allowed. Baltimore's going to get more yards than that.
0: But the turnover, they had a turnover on their own side of the I'm just seven. saying. They turned it over, and
2: the Dolphins got a quick seven
0: from that. That changed the whole game because uh, Buffalo was completely dominating that I'm just team. saying,
2: you hold a team to 40 rushing yards. That… Yeah. that and less than That's to me passing. seven points you know six yeah. points two field goal. That it's just I don't know Okay, I, I, agree, I get right it it's a game of Tell me why you like
0: the Titans here because I'm seeing right now that 70% of the action is on Tennessee on the road at Indianapolis is this not a decent buy low spot for Indy I know they're coming off I guess they're coming, no, off, they're that coming win. off that win against. I know City. but they're still one one and one for a team that it was supposed to be a real a, a dynamite football team so I'm, I'm not going to go as far as saying it's a it's by low or high, right? I'm
2: going to say that. Yeah, what what I would say with this game, I, I haven't seen the tickets and I haven't seen the distribution, mm-hmm. but what I am seeing right here is the money coming in early on, on a game like this, to me, is sharp money. It didn't move the line though, right? It's, it's, it went from minus 110 on the plus three to even money. Mm-hmm. Tennessee went from plus 160 on the money line to plus 150. Um, I just feel like you're getting on the sharp side here. Yeah, I, it also it's it's me going back to my biases. I, I took Tennessee to win the South, right? I believe they're the better team. I have not been impressed with Indy. Um, yeah, it's fair. I I I think, again, I just go in I, I I like slivers of value. I feel like the true spread in this one should be minus one and a half, and you're giving me plus you know plus three instead of plus one and a half. Yeah, I like it. I think these guys are going to battle. Yeah. Um, the over unders really low. I saw you know was it forty two. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm seeing in this game according to Sports Insights, and now again this is on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Sixty percent of the tickets on Tennessee, fifty-five percent of the money on Indy. The line opened at three, is now three and a half. Um, okay. I mean, three and a half is a big number in a division game like that on two teams that have looked pretty even. <sighs> um, but I don't know. I mean, again, I I was you you were high on the Titans preseason. I was high on the Colts preseason. Yeah. Neither of us have really been right so far. Thomas, this is a tough week for dogs. Heavy. I'm not. I'm not gonna yeah. lie, dude. Like but when I when on, I Gene, are you off. not
2: on Tampa Bay with me though? We'll go. We'll go down that road. I'll, I'll get on when we when we do the prime dog in
0: primetime, Brady off a loss. Weapons yeah. coming back. Do you don't
2: remember my lowest team? This what was the team I came in this Tampa, season I the Tampa? But again, what I, was the I, team I came in highest? Tampa. Tampa was the lowest. City. City.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. So we will have to take a
2: look at. Uh, that yeah, we'll sure. we'll dive deep into this. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, from a system standpoint, everything you're saying is right. Yeah. Um. To me, both these teams are coming off losses.
0: Right. To me, I look at points in a game where Tampa's at home and has the best defense in football. I just I don't see teams going into Tampa and scoring more than seventeen the seventeen to twenty points. So in a game where I can get you know I don't know what the number is at is it two and a half or three? I believe it's it's two. We're seeing two and a half current. So we'll see where that number goes. Um, all the early money is on, in on Kansas City. But all right, moving on. Give me your survivor of the week. I think this one's an obvious one for me. Why don't you lead off then?
2: I'll break it all Green down. Green Bay out Packers,
0: there. bro. They're the only double-digit spread of the week. Everything else is under seven points. Seven points or less. Mac Jones, I don't think, is going to play for New England. Maybe this is a fluke game where New England finds a way. And if that happens, I'm going to love it because I'm going to have the money line. But what I will say is, I don't know how they go in the Lambo and beat Green Bay here, especially with how good Green
2: Bay's defense has been. So no question, Green Bay is mathematically the most likely to win. Uh, no question, they'll be the number one pick this week. What yeah. I will say, remember, I scout out the whole year. I have Green Bay and as an option in Week 18. Do they play? I don't even don't even have that oh, like gotcha. written down. I just have yeah, yeah. Green Bay as an option in Week 18. I have Green Bay as a viable option in Week 13. And I have Green Bay as a solid option in Week Six. Yeah. So the problem is, it's not that you're not right. And everyone's like, No, you just if you lose, you're out anyway. I agree. But if you if you play to win it too, otherwise right. it's all false hope. I think I got to save Green Bay. It's not that it's. I agree. Set it and forget it. It's a week you don't even don't have to tell sweat. Me you're
0: gonna take Philly.
2: So I'm. I'll I'll, I'll go in right now. So <laughs> technically, I have Detroit on here. Oh my God, that I, is scary, as I, hell. dude. I know, but you got to get rid of teams like that if you I want to. It. Remember, I've ended in the top ten. So I mean, Seattle on the road is pretty transparently tough. for everyone out there. I do give or take twenty micro little fantasies, and I do a lot of different stuff. I'm down to only five. I got smoked in week one. This week I was down. I had ten left. I put char. I had some on the Chargers. Uh, then I had the Browns, and then I had Minnesota. So I'm down to five now. So. Uh, anyone out there that's like, Wood, he lost before. He's given out a loser. Yeah, yeah I, I don't put all my teams on all my eggs in one basket. Um, I was going to uh, on the Chargers and then that Herbert injury changed everything and I went on Twitter or whatever and said, hey, Minnesota is a really good second choice and Minnesota bailed me out. So getting into it, this is this is what I have for your week four viable options and I want to make sure I tell you all who uh, who they're playing. So I got Detroit hosting Seattle. This one's a... Dude, I hate getting scared. Like, The books are like in my head. I cannot believe that this Detroit and Seattle line opened up. at It shows, what, four? Something like that. And it seems to be stuck there. The Detroit money line was 225, and now it's 210. I just – What are you Detroit's, looking at,
0: though? Is that CBS? Yeah, but just
2: Detroit's banged. I'm just saying two two 225, something like that. I opened yeah, at yeah. four. Point, point being, I think Detroit has played really good this year against really good teams. Dude, they can. Comp- who's competed with Philly or as much as the Eagles Detroit?
0: are the best team in football, according
2: to yeah. the people, right? So, and Detroit lost by three. So, so just so you all know, I'm big on Detroit. You're I'm, selling me. You're selling me. I on got Detroit it. Right. So, now, so yeah, 100%. you want to get rid of teams like that too? That might only have an eight nine record. I also see Philly on there. But Philly, to me, is a good squad. I also see Green Bay on there. I want to save Philly. I want to save Green Bay. Yeah. I want to have these teams when the rest of my Survivor League does not.
0: Detroit's minus 2 of 5 on DraftKings right now.
2: Exactly. So, they went down for minus 225. Yeah. I can't believe people are betting in Seattle, but they are. Um, so, I also have the Chargers in there. Uh, I don't love it. I'm just giving you all options if you have them. Yeah. I think Houston's been a little over their skis. I, I think they're playing, like, really well – but then they lost to a really bad Chicago team. Um yep. I'd probably want to save those Chargers for anyone out there, just because I think they'll have they'll they'll do the kind of team when they're fully healthy that are like minus nine, then you can save them for later. Mm-hmm. Uh teams I definitely avoid this week are Dallas and Pitt. Pitt hosting the Jets will probably get a couple people in there. I think the Jets can beat Pitt. Dallas, people are gonna be high on Dallas and low on Washington. That minus three has me screaming Washington Commanders money line, so just just know it. But I think I gave it away too early because Maddie drilled in on me. But my official survivor play is going to be Detroit this week.
0: I like it. No, you sold me on it because I was originally on, uh, on on New England, but or not New England Green on uh, Green Bay.
2: But you definitely and that's a layup. There's nothing wrong with that. Anyone that wants to do it just realize it's a you're layup. giving away Green Bay. It's a layup until it isn't, though. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah. you're giving away Green Bay. I'd rather save Green Bay for when they're home in the middle of winter. Yeah, That's what I want, teams like that. Fair.
0: All right, moving on out of Survivor. Buy low and sell high. This has become my one of my favorite segments on the podcast. We're going to go over teams that are coming off shit performances, and you have the option to buy low on. This does not mean any of these teams are official picks. Gina and I don't really have – I don't. I mean, I'm, I personally don't have any picks right now outside of I do like Tampa Bay as a lean, um, but we will have picks in the upcoming days. But I think these are teams that just for you to think about. So let's get started with that. Let me pull these up real quick. Okay, so we have Seattle Seahawks. Speaking of the Detroit yep. game, Seattle Seahawks coming off a home loss to an atrocious Atlanta Falcons team. They are now plus five or six at Thanks, Detroit. So Four and a half. It's wild. Is it really that low? And they're playing Detroit, who's 3-0 and against the spread. I'm seeing, yeah, four and system? a half. So the Seattle Seahawks is a buy low spot.
2: They are. Is There's that, no
0: denying it. It's ugly, though. Let's talk New England next. Now, we don't know if Mac Jones is playing or not, but nonetheless, plus 10 and a half at Green
2: Bay. That's yeah. a huge, that's the biggest point spread of, of week four. So I've been low on this New England team a lot. Yeah, I went square side. I called it out. You know, I was on Baltimore. Everyone's like, You square side, stay away. I said, hey, dude, put Squares the money up. I'll take too. it. Where's win? You know, like I Green Bay to me should have, could have beat Tampa Bay badly, dominated them. They still won the game, but still they laid down. Fumble, aren't you? I still am pissed off about that fumble. I had to sweat a game. I don't need I got extra gray hairs. I didn't want. Let me
0: ask you an honest question. If you could look in the future and no matter what happens in the game, the result is that you would win, but you had to decide between sweating the game out or getting that easy win. Which would you prefer? No, again, no matter what, you're going to win the game.
2: Sweat. I love it. All day, yeah. but it just I depends. It.
0: Gino, Gino it, will text me and be like, dude, you're fucking sick. Because we'll be texting during a game and I'll be like, bro, this game is such a sweat, but I love that but shit. So, and he'll be like, you fucking
2: sicko. Like, sick.
0: I, that's exactly what he says. He says, dude, you're sick. I just... I want to be up by 30 <laughs> well so let, <laughs> let me
2: defend it i didn't bet a crazy amount i'm I'm pretty much a unit guy i bet between a half a unit and two units 90 percent of the time a couple times a year i'll throw in three units on the game what i will say is in discipline gens and everywhere i said green bay was my play of the week so my personal play and i even though i don't i swear i don't care about trolls i care about the good people out there and i know i influence them and i know when i say play of the week one unit I know all they heard was play of the week. 100%. And I know they were freaking half their bankroll on it. Yeah. So I was sweating it because I want to be right. I said Green Bay is getting a little disrespected this offseason. They still yeah. have a top defense. I said Tampa Bay should not be as ranked as high as they are. Yeah. So I like being right. That's why I was mad that Green Bay didn't stick it to them. Fair. That game should have been Fair, 28-10.
0: I mean you know me bro I've always told you like I care way more about being right than the actual yeah, financial yeah. impact. Let me ask you a question now that we're just talking about units cuz this is actually something that I've been curious about. What do you think about guys that are like yo I'm up 40 units in a day. I'm up 60 units, 100 units on the season or 3 weeks in the football. Like what are your what is your take on
2: that? You want to know the honest the honest just like unfiltered take? Yes. They're betting the same as us. They're just multiplying their units. Right. So when someone sees a guy up 100 units and they only see Maddie and I up 15, they're just betting six times the unit size on the similar plays. So it's funny because like, would you pay for more because it's up units? Because technically if you want to put five to 10 units on every DD play, you'd be up 150 units. So uh, I'm not calling the people out because they're gamblers and they admit it. So I respect these dudes. What I'm going to say is units, people actually have argued that units are all that matters. Ah, that's not true. That's not true at all, actually. It's ROI. It's ROI is all that matters. It's percentage of wins and what's the average position you take and how favored are they? Right. That's all that matters. So it is a, you know, numbers don't, numbers don't lie. Liars use numbers, not calling people up a hundred units, a liar, but I'm saying it's not a bankroll and it's actually not a unit. If you're, if you could be down 100 units in a week or up 100 units in a week, it's actually not a unit. It's not 1% you, of your bankroll. That's exactly what I was hitting. That's, on, it's not a unit. It Their unit to them is the money they have on the line that week. Yeah. So they live in a 100-unit weekly budget
0: right. where
2: I live in a, if I lose my 100 units, I'm yeah. done betting. They're right. like, no, no, no. I get a new paycheck. I'll just refeed it. It's not really a unit. Yeah, that's my that's my. I take. think the
0: biggest thing is like people need to look at a hundred units as like like when you have a hundred unit bankroll, that means if you go down a hundred units, like you're out of the game.
2: You're done. Like you're, you're done, done gambling. gambling. I like, don't
0: think people understand. that. They piece. don't understand that piece because who's seriously betting seven units, ten percent of their or seven to ten percent of their entire bankroll? Like let's say there was a hundred M and M's left in the world, <laughs> and you had to bet M and M's on a game, would you bet ten of those M and M's? Knowing that there's only 90 M and M's left in the entire
2: world, I, I get it, and I, I agree with what said. <laughs> it's a stupid. Saying. I mean, what, it's stupid. But what is, what Maddie's essentially saying, and tell me if I'm they're reading scarce. It wrong. Like there's they're scarce. What, what tell me if I'm saying it wrong? Maddie's saying if you're betting with your bankroll like you can replenish it, you're actually not betting with your bankroll. Facts. That's what I think Maddie's saying. So I I own a gambling site. I love gamblers. Come on yeah. board. Bet 100 units every day. Yeah. I'm just going to say it's not a bankroll. It's technically not a unit. Right. Well, I think the biggest
0: thing is most people are trying to sell picks, which we understand the industry. Respect. And when you're saying I got a five-unit play versus a one-unit play. And they make play, good picks. That's the difference between someone buying a pick or not. Like, oh, I'm yeah. not paying for a one-unit pick. It's not exciting.
2: So. And, and and no, thank you. This is a great question. And I didn't see this one coming. You know me. I'll go to I'm blue in the face. Yeah. What I will say to be a little bit arrogant, these dudes make good picks. I actually think they make picks just as well as Maddie and I. The only thing I do see is their five to ten unit play is about as valuable as a one unit in disciplined gents. Yeah, take that or leave it. I agree.
0: We'll, we'll end with that. But all right, a couple other teams here. Prime buy, time. buy low. Well, oh, no, sorry. we have a couple more buy low, sell high. Arizona Cardinals. What are your thoughts on this team? Because outside of a miraculous win at L.A. or at Las Vegas, yeah, who I'm are they sorry. playing next? At Las Vegas, outside of a miraculous comeback win, I mean that that team's. Could be an 0-3 football team. And they're going into Carolina? Right. They're going into Carolina as a one-and-a-half-point underdog. This is going to be a popular public play, I think. This oh, dude,
2: Carolina's high off New Orleans, right?
0: Yeah. <sighs> Carolina's a scary
2: home team. They have a good defense and pass rush. Dude, Carolina banged up New Orleans. Am I Carolina banged up New Orleans harder than Tampa Bay. Yeah. That was interesting. Let me take a look at where the money's coming in on this game. Because I get that New Orleans was home and – yeah. On the road, home versus Tampa so right on the
0: road. now, seven as expected, seventy-seven percent of both the tickets and the money so far have come in on Arizona. Is this? I mean, is this? is this still like reverse line movement to you?
2: Are you looking at Las Vegas?
0: Arizona opened at minus one and a half. They're currently plus two.
2: Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I don't that's just know. key injuries there. Yeah, I don't know if there's a key injury. Uh, what I will say from everything you and I have seen. I could see Arizona money line being a sharp play, just because this Arizona team—they are dangerous. And also, remember, one of the questions we always ask is, "What if this was Week One? What yeah. would the spread have been?" Fucking and it would minus, have been Arizona minus, minus, minus three, yeah, yeah, four. So you, you can get Arizona a little low here. You can get them plus money going into Carolina.
0: So injury wise, Something AJ Green's for doubtful for Arizona. Okay. That's, a, I mean, I get it. I mean, there's nothing crazy. Hopkins is out still. He's still out. And Carolina's a pretty healthy team, probably one of the healthiest teams in football right now. So yeah, look- I don't know. We're going to have to come back to this game for sure and take some, some more effort into it. Yeah. But if
2: I had a knee jerk, I would but say it is, a, it is a
0: low spot for sure. So we have the Raiders here. This is probably the biggest one, right? We have an 0 3 football team and an absolute desperation spot. I mean, their season is over if they lose
2: this game. What are your thoughts? Denver looked really bad, and they still won. Yes, Russ looked really good on that last drive or that scoring drive. Yeah. Right now,
0: the Raiders are minus two currently at home. The public is hammering them, tickets and money.
2: I know man. exactly where you're going to be
0: on this game. Right, you're going to be
2: on Russell Wilson as much as you hate him. I hate him, but I think I have to be on Denver money line, Arizona money line. Oh, it's man. gross.
0: That I don't like these. Really fucking gross. I don't
2: like these plays, but I'm stuck. All
0: right, let's move on for that one because that that shit grosses me out right now. That's that is ugly. Let's go through prime time. Get Last, these people. There's fed. one more. Oh. The The Washington Commanders, a three and a, a three and a half point dog at Dallas. Now I want you to think some something about this game. Dallas in in prime time just had a somewhat impressive performance against the Giants. Right? Cooper Rush is, is looking solid. 3-0 now? He's three and O as a starter. Now, all of a sudden, this is a really by low spot for Washington, right? Because plus three and a half against a Dallas team that looks like they can compete for a wild card all of a sudden or maybe even make a run against the Eagles. Um, Washington's plus three and a half
2: here. New York Giants are the bane of my existence. I had Tennessee as one of my survivors. They beat them. I then bet against the Giants in Carolina. They won. And then last night I took – the New York Giants. I'm 0-3 on them. Yeah. And now remember, Uh, Washington's
0: coming off a 24-8 loss to the Eagles. I'm going to say it right now. I I like I
2: I like the Commanders plus three and a half for a unit and I'm going to go unit money line. And I'm not even going to blink.
0: Another thing, and I don't have the numbers in front of me on this, but I'm almost certain the Cowboys, historically against the spread, are so much better on the road than at Jerry World. It's interesting. Does that sound accurate to you? It does. I I need to pull those numbers out. Maybe on the post-production we can show those numbers, but... I'm telling you, I feel like the Cowboys are a much better road team. Commanders, final answer. All right. Finally, what's next? Let's go primetime, uh, prime baby. time. first game. This one is interesting. Miami Dolphins traveling to Cincinnati. The spread right now is Cincinnati, I believe, minus three and a half with the over-under around, I think it opened at 47. So the current spread, three and a half. The current over-under, 47. What you thinking,
2: bro? I think this is the true line. So. I believe this is a true line. I, I'm surprised that we're seeing this true line. Um, I, I I can't tell you how many tweets and messages I got. How are Miami not favored? Dude, they're banged up. They just came out of a war. Since he gets to go home and turn their season around and be 2-2, two and two. this is the true line to me. I think I had the... I, th- I think I had it written down that I was hoping this would open up as Miami minus one so I could put a freaking boat on Cincy. Then it opened up, I think, as Cincy minus one and a half, which I was like, that feels true to me as well. Maybe not as true as I would have thought. And I was expecting it to be lower, but I, I, to me, this is no bet. And technically, the money line shifted so much. This is where people are like, what do you mean? You like Cincy. Why would you bet Miami money line? I bet value. And I would bet Miami money line if you're going to give me plus 170. So giving the listeners some context right
0: now as far as true lines. So this past weekend, Gino tweeted out, I'm telling you betters right now, Vegas is adapting quickly. The public would have Miami as a favorite in Cincinnati and the Rams as a favorite in San Francisco. He's basically said, I used to make lines and odds as a handicapper. And I'm telling you in my 20-year career, this is the first time I'm seeing more and more true lines used. In response to that, Jeffrey Benson, operations manager of the Circa, quote tweeted and said, Vegas decides all of a sudden to use, quote unquote, true lines, what a world with the eyes roll tweet sarcasm, right? (laughs) So obviously, there's a friendly back and forth. Yeah, yeah, no, this definitely triggered him for some reason. But what are your thoughts on this? Tell, tell everyone what you're thinking as far as these true lines and why you tweeted that.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't understand when I say I made lines for 20 years. I don't think they understand what I mean. I, I wasn't 18 years old and employed by a sports book. I'm saying I make power rankings. I make all my own lines and odds before I look at the Vegas lines. That's how I try and find value. I have never, either I'm getting so good at it. If y'all want to compliment me, maybe I'm just getting great at it now. I have never in my life seen more lines open up as the true line than I have started to this season. And preseason, you know, I love to be right. I told Maddie, I said, just be careful. Sharps are having more access to more people, more videos, more reviews, more clicks, more sharp action is coming in, more people are betting dogs, more people are betting home dogs in primetime, division dogs early in the season, unders on division games. They have adapted to every system that rolls off your tongue. So what does that mean when Vegas makes the true line? It means that Vegas is taking away some of the value sharps used to be able to pounce on and they're giving underhand pitches to the public. The public would have taken Miami plus one and a half. And now they get them plus three and a half. Of course, they're going to take them plus two more points and a hook over the edge. That's all it meant. I can't tell you how many people misunderstood what I meant. I don't work for the books. I own bet openly. But I do make my own lines and odds every week to find variants. And I'm telling you right now, this is the true line. Vegas Sharps are not pouncing on Cincinnati minus three and a half. They would have at minus one and a half. That's all I. And
0: what's your take on the Rams game? Because I was in that tweet as well.
2: Yeah. So come on. Did you all watch the game? How bad the Niners looked on offense? Let's how Jimmy looked terrified back there. Rams plus two and a half as a dog. The public is going to slam that. The public would have taken. I had that one as Rams minus two and a half. That's a big five point swing. Now. Come on, guys. I'm a Niner fan. I know Shanahan owns McVay. I know my Niners play them well. I know we've won six of the last seven times we meet. Don't educate me with stuff I already know. I'm just telling you the true line is the Niners minus two and a half. In my opinion, the opening line should have been Rams minus one and a half to maybe even minus three. So here's what's interesting on Sports Insights right now. 59% of the tickets are on the Rams,
0: but 77% of the money.
2: Well, the on the Niners. This is where people, the dude, again, no disrespect to the homie at Circa, actually, some disrespect. He didn't let us put our Jets survivor in. <laughs> Dog calling me out, but then 77% of the money is exactly what I said, meaning I'm exactly on the sharp side, and the line came out on the sharp side. And I will say, forget this dude. Literally, he was actually polite. I, I had fun with him. Uh, he was a big, nice guy to me in person. Yeah, and,
0: It sucked that we lost $1,000 in, in the Survivor League, but he's a good dude. So and, we don't, and
2: bigger than homie, I'm actually saying this. Yeah. What's the word here? When someone laughs at me when I say Vegas puts out true lines and they act like Vegas always does that, it is pretty much common knowledge. I'm not in these rooms, but I can tell you it's common knowledge in the professional space that Vegas is me- meticulous about dividing the public and picking and choosing their positions on where to be exposed to make money for to pretend like they always put out true lines that's comical to me we know they put out lines to divide the public and we know sometimes they don't move lines with the money anyone arguing that you we can see it all now it's like it's it's not even my opinion this <clears> is a fact for sure i'm not making that bold of a call i was actually surprised i don't i don't have a big twitter yeah. i was surprised how many people freaked out over that. It yeah. was
0: kind of like- the, I'll say one thing. I would love like if this podcast gets reach, if this post-produced video gets reached, I'd love to hear from you guys. Who should we invite, invite on the podcast that either works for a sports book, like anybody in this industry- Have like fun you, with us. Yeah. To have fun with us, come on here and, and, and get some back and forth going. We want to hear their opinion and their yeah. perspective on this because I agree with what Gino's saying in theory, but I'm not in these rooms either, so yeah. I'd love to get somebody from those rooms on the pod.
2: And I think the misconstrued, when you write on Twitter, sometimes people don't read that well, no disrespect. I think like a bold claim is like Vegas fixes games. I never 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 say say that. that, I think I actually pay them respect. I think I'm a second tier capper to Vegas. I think they're the best in the world and they teach me something every week. So I was actually saying the opposite. I was saying they're so damn good that they're starting to see the market shift, they're starting to adapt to social media, mm-hmm. and they're starting to play more true lines just to take their juice.
0: Right. Fair enough. All right. We got two games left, and then we're going to wrap up yep. here. We were talking about this game earlier. Chiefs versus the Bucks. This game is in Tampa Bay. Primetime game. I think Sunday Night Football. Right now, the Bucks are a two and a half point home primetime dog. What do you like
2: here? I'm, I'm going to say my second biggest play of the week is the Chiefs. Really? Yep. Just because the Bucks made it look like they can compete with Green Bay, even though they can't. So I think you're getting the Chiefs cheap off a loss. That's my my takeaway is the Chiefs, that game was a little more fluky to me. Yeah. I think the, the game went fluky away from the Chiefs and fluky toward Tampa Bay. So I, I, would, I would take the Chiefs here minus as much as four, not at even money. I'd probably pass on it, but I'm saying that to me would be the true line. And I that's me on power rankings. I don't think this these Bucs are that good. I know they stopped the run. This Chiefs team barely runs as is. What do you think of the over-under here? 44. It's crazy low. Um, I, I I would say arguably a better bet is the over. Square as hell. Uh, I, I think... Well, I if think you think
0: about it, the Bucs are getting their weapons back, supposedly, right? They were completely decimated last week. Kansas City's coming off a loss, right?
2: I, I also think that the... The Bucs will be able to score more on the Chiefs than they scored on Green Bay's defense, and the Chiefs will be able to score as many on the Bucs as Green Bay, if not more. Fair. I like the over 44.
0: All right, so my original take on this game was the the, the primetime home dog, especially with the Tom Brady you against got the spread numbers. Um, but we'll have to talk about this one over <laughs> the next couple of days and, and what we go with in Circa. Last game here, we got the Rams versus the 49ers. We already touched on this game a little bit, but right now, Sam Fran...
2: The value on my Niners versus these Rams, yeah, the last couple of years has been getting them as a dog. So I I don't like it. I, I hate to say it. Yeah, I, right I like now, Rams a two money line.
0: They're a two point favorite at home.
2: What are you um, getting minus plus one twenty five on the Rams? I don't have that pulled up. It's okay, the sports insights something like but, that. So yeah, sadly I think th- I think my Niners win. I really do. Uh, but the value is getting them as dogs versus these better Rams. Um, I'm seeing the lines right here as yeah yeah Rams plus 105. I ain't betting you know, the that
0: the Rams could, didn't do much, that much offensively on the road at Arizona. They put up 20 points.
2: No, no, I agree. This is going to be a battle. The what you're seeing is exactly what I said. Look at the public what came you, out.
0: The over under 44. I would think that this is like a, a 41 42 number in this type of game. What yeah, it's interesting.
2: Yeah, they're 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 finagling here. They For know sure. these unders in prime time, and they're they're enticing people to go under.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Anything else? Last thoughts?
2: No. Thank you guys for joining us. We're having fun up here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Follow Discipline the Gens on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. We're now on Instagram, so give us a follow there. Maddie Bet's on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram as well. And Bet Openly, Bet Dot Openly. Bet dot openly everywhere. Appreciate you guys for tuning in.
1: Later, homies. On a warm summer's evening. On a train bound from nowhere I met up with a gambler We were both too tired to sleep So we took turns of staring Out the window at the darkness The boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces, And knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of bases or a taste of your whiskey Give you some advice. You got to know when to hold, up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough to count when the deal's done. surviving is knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep. Cause every hand's a winner, and every hand's a loser. And the best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. And when he'd finished speaking, he turned back toward the window, crushed out his cigarette, faded off to sleep. And somewhere in the darkness, the gambler, he broke even his final words I found an ace that I could keep. You got to when to hold no when to hold up, know when, no when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealer's done. enough account